Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Brian Peacock here, Matt Williamson over there. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. I think it's time to talk a little fantasy football, maybe some Dynasty Keeper League action as well today, Matt. What do you say? A lot of drafts coming up this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It is the season. We meant to get to it yesterday, but it was our first day back and like a, a couple that hadn't seen each other. We got kind of gibbery at the beginning and uh, didn't get to some of this stuff. But I've been writing some fantasy articles for Pro Football Network. I've mentioned many times over this podcast history, well, the Locked On NFL podcast history, not this one, that uh, I also do a Dynasty Blueprint show with Ryan McDowell. There's going to be some news on that I'm excited to reveal, but can't yet. So I thought we would talk quite a bit of fantasy today. And uh, the one article I wrote was, you know, draft position stuff, which I th- I feel pretty strongly about. Yeah, I can't wait to ask you about this latest, a couple of your latest coming up from the Fro- Pro Football Network and maybe tease one that is uh, upcoming that's not out there yet at ProFootballNetwork.com. You're putting out a lot of good content there. So I want to urge everybody to I go think- read your stuff and you can get deeper into it than what we talk about on today's show, too. But uh, we're definitely going to talk fantasy football draft strategy and maybe some keeper talk, some rookie running backs and wide receivers and how to rank those guys and how to go about your dynasty and keeper rookie drafts this year. Uh, One NFL player that is not a rookie that I know you're a fan of, and he might be a topic of the conversation when when we're talking about players to target later in the first round of fantasy drafts, and that is... you real quick i apologize no but i just got a blurb on my phone late breaking news it's also kind of fantasy relevant joe mixon signs at his extension that's exactly where i was going i was just about to yeah yeah you're good joe mixon yeah just shut up and let you drive the train just (laughs) no this is important it's just breaking as we hit record so uh, i had to get to this first it's a four-year 48 million dollar contract extension through the year 2024 with the cincinnati Bengals for running back Joe Mixon. And I know he's been a guy that's been a target of yours in fantasy drafts. I love him. I mean, obviously he got himself in some trouble off the field way back when. I mean, I'm t- I don't know if that, I don't necessarily want him babysitting my kids or, you know, taking care of people or any of those things. I mean, I'm just talking about football. I think he's a tremendous, tremendous back and is in contention to be the most talented running back in the league, not named Saquon. Um, this makes a lot of sense to me. I didn't know if it would happen or not. Frankly, the Bengals are probably the cheapest organization in the league, but they spent some money in free agency this past year, and they kept what I think is their best and most important player, even if you think running backs don't matter and all that nonsense. You know, let's, let's keep really digging in here because Zach Taylor comes over from the Rams last year, and I've said this many times, I think Mixon's more talented than Gurley, you know, has a higher ceiling than Gurley. And it took a while, but as the season went on, they really started to feed Mixon and build something. And a lot of people were like, man, they just want to run out the season, get the first pick in the draft. They keep feeding Mixon the ball late in games. And I looked at it like it was the foundation of building their running game, which is the foundation of their offense, as Gurley was to the Rams, as well as throwing him a lot of passes, as Gurley used to catch with in L.A. as well. And I didn't know, you know, were the Brown family and the Bengals going to invest in Mixon? 
He does have a checkered past, but he's been a model citizen since. That's why I brought that up originally. You know, you're giving him a lot of money. And I'm kind of glad they did. And, we, you know, we saw McCaffrey got big money. We saw Henry get big money. This ridiculous running back class, some guys are getting paid. You know, there's still Kamara's looming and Cook and smaller guys like Connor and Mac and guys like that. But there's so many good backs this year. Fournette just got cut out of that class. It's a really interesting com- com- conversation, and I'm just enjoying observing how the league is handling these guys. Mixon, too, has also put up really big back-to-back seasons. And obviously, Cincinnati's got to be comfortable with him off the field to give him this new contract. 1,168 yards rushing in 2018. He was more efficient, actually. That was on about 40 less carries. Uh, He actually had Hmm. more yards in 2018, 4.9 per carry, 4.1 per carry last year, and toted the rock almost 300 times. 278 carries last year for Joe Mixon. So he was the offense. I think quarterback play has a lot to do with why the efficiency went down in 2019. For Joe Mixon, sure. can that approve? There's more uh, There's more weapons now on offense, and I think they're still going to run the offense, though, with a rookie quarterback through Joe Mixon. So uh, I'm a fan of what Joe Mixon can do. He's been consistent in the passing game, 43 catches, uh, 35 catches last year, 30 as a rookie. So, you know, you're going to get another 300 yards there, a couple of touchdowns, 30 to 40, uh, maybe even more receptions for uh, a rookie quarterback there in Cincinnati for Joe Mixon. And, you know, 1,400, 1,500 combined yards, that's a stud fantasy football player. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what he is. You didn't mention his O-line's a little questionable. Like, they may be, you know, if they have a bad year again, they may take the best offensive tackle in the draft. And they do get Jonah Williams back, you know. So I think that's the one sort of missing piece. It's a little bit of a work in progress. He hasn't caught quite as many passes as I expected. I think that will spike this year. And in terms of fantasy, I'm considering him at like eight overall, right in that neighborhood. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we'll get to my strategies and things like that, but he's near the top of the list of my like tier two running backs. And if I'm not mistaken, you did draft Joe Mixon when you were in that no man's land in the middle of the first round with a, with a fantasy football draft we talked about a couple weeks ago, right? I did. That was the seventh pick, which is a pick I didn't want. It was my least favorite choice at the time and times change. And he was my favorite of those guys. And I'm still, I think I'm higher on him now than I was then. I mean, I think this is uh, when the Browns give you the Brown family gives you a ton of money. I think Gio Bernard's receptions will go down. They're going to run this guy like crazy. Uh, they like to get their bang for the buck out of that, you know. I still can't believe Gio Bernard's uh, Cincinnati Bengal. That, that's one of the most amazing stories going in the NFL right now that nobody talks about with how long he's been around, that he's still the the yeah. guy, the number two guy there in Cincinnati. And maybe why Joe Mixon hasn't gotten as many targets in the passing game as he could, because that's a real massive part of his skill set. Like, he can do it all. He can do it all. He can do it all. And I think they envision, I'm sure Coach Taylor looks at him and says, we can do exactly what we did with Todd Gurley when he was putting up 20 touchdowns a year, um, use them the same way. Their offense might not be as good. And, and then one other thing I just wanted to bring up on this subject too is I know that the many in the analytics community never pay a running back. Don't give him a second contract. And I understand that. I'm not saying I disagree with it. But I think if you are going to invest heavily in a running back, it would I would be more apt to do it with a very young quarterback. You know, like, I think Daniel Jones likes having Saquon around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a real safety blanket. 
Right. And you know, in offseason meetings, when they're planning on what the offense is going to look like, they're like, look, we're not going to put it all on our rookie quarterback. We're going to lean heavily on this do it all running back. I mean, there's no other way that they should be planning to do that in Cincinnati. And you can really see with Zach Taylor what this offense could look like, you know, a young Jared Goff, Todd Gurley situation. Right, right. I I do think that's exactly what they're patterning it off of. First overall picks, a quarterback, highly, highly talented, do it all type running backs. And, you know, it, transitioning the league of these quarterbacks isn't easy. Having someone that can do it all behind you has to be very assured. whole bunch of money coming Joe Mixon's way. Matt, we're going to pick your brain next on where to draft Joe Mixon and others in your fantasy football leagues. Got excited today remembering that I've got some Built Bars on the way because Built Bars are back. They've got the same delicious original 12 flavors, six brand new flavors, protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I love the peanut butter, but you can get coconut almond. You can get toffee almond. They've got orange, double chocolate. If you are a chocolate lover, mint brownie is a great flavor. And the amazing thing, I mean, these are covered in legit chocolate. This isn't some brown colored flavored chocolate. This is actual chocolate on these bars. But Bill Bar is great for the health conscious guy. Uh, it's good for guy or gal that wants to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The key is that Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, even great for keto diets. The new cookies and cream flavor, only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with four grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein. And of course, a special offer. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So, Matt, one of your latest fantasy football draft strategy, what's the best slot to draft from at ProFootballNetwork.com? Let's let's start to break this down. And, and where'd this idea come from? Is there one slot that you want to get if you have an opportunity to take it? Uh, pretty much. There's certainly an area. And I, I urge everyone to check out the article because some things I say in there are some of my rules of thumb for for this. In my main home league, I'm only in one redraft league. It's all my buddies from high school. And to pull back the curtain, Friday, Labor Day weekend, we're all getting together and it's the best weekend of the year and we have a total blast and we go away and there'll be fewer people coming from outside, you know, outside the Pittsburgh area this year, but we will still have a very good time to say the least. Uh, the draft goes, you know, one of the things we do there. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a bummer for me this year. All of my Labor Day weekend drafts are going to be virtual this year. So that is a huge bummer because it's always one of the most oh. fun weekends of the year. Getting ready for football. It's getting so close. Get to hang out with all your buddies, do a football draft, and and talk a bunch of trash about last season and the upcoming season. So much fun. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. I mean, we have a total blast. But anyway, in that league, we pull cards. And if you get the ace, you get to pick one through 12 where you pick. It's not just you get, you get picked number one. So you have a choice if you win the drawing of where to pick. So I always give it a lot of thought. And as a rule of thumb, you know, all things being equal, I prefer to pick in the middle of the rounds as opposed to one of the ends. And one, of, and my logic is once you get to like the seventh or eighth round and you make your pick, but that guy you didn't get, you have no chance of getting him when you're on the ends. You know, in the middle, he may slide 12 spots and come back to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're keeping your fingers crossed, but you know, it doesn't happen early in the rounds. But as the draft goes on, there's a better chance of doing that. If you are going to pick near the end, I prefer to be two or three or 10 or 11, not one or 12, because the logic's obvious. Like 
if I'm picking 10 and I it's the eighth round and I'm thinking about going quarterback, but the team 11 and team 12 have already taken theirs, well, I'm going to take that running back and pretty much be assured that I'll get my quarterback around the corner that they're not going to take another. Yeah, you know, you can, I mean, like, you can scout you your opponents. Control. Yeah, you right. have a little bit more control. So as rules of thumb, those are two of my rules of where I like to pick. If there's a Bo Jackson Tecmo Bowl player, well, then you want to pick pick first overall, you know, the Emmett years or the LT years. And with all respect to McCaffrey, I don't think he's that. You know, I don't know that he's you know light years ahead of everyone else that it just gives me a massive advantage. So if that guy's there, sure, I want to pick one. But this year, and again, I really spell this out in the article, I want to pick like ninth or tenth. And there's several reasons why. First of all, in basically every fantasy draft, McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara are the first four off the off the, the schneid, and often Cook is number five. And that's great. I mean, I'm all about running backs, and you'll get that heavily from this conversation. But when you come back late second, early third, that's like running back no man's land to me. I mean, I don't want... Connor or Carson or David Johnson or somebody like that. I really, that's why I like the nine or 10 area because to me, and I don't have the names in front of me, but they're on my article. I think there's 14 no brainer every week starters. And I want two of them without question. And therefore, yes, I know Michael Thomas will go or maybe a quarterback, maybe a tight end. But I, if there's a massive run, I want to make sure I start my draft with running back, running back out of that list of 14. And now we'll get to the other stuff here. In a minute, I, but I, I want to ask you this question because I, and I totally get where you're going. Because if you want to go running back, running back, that makes a ton of sense because you have the opportunity to get yeah. Chubb or Kenyon Drake or Clyde Edwards Hilaire that I want to talk about later. Some of the rookie running backs, Josh Jacobs, like a lot of those guys are going to be gone by the, by the next turn, the two to three turn. So if you're drafting, Christian McCaffrey, say goodbye. Yes, say goodbye to the stud running back. For me, if I drew the ace in one of those drafts, though, Matt, I'm not as tied as you are to running back, running back early. I think I would take the fourth slot. It would give me the best opportunity to get somebody good coming back around in the second round, and I'd be guaranteeing Mm -hmm. myself one of those top four running backs. Are you against my idea that maybe pick four is the best slot this year? I hear you because you're going to get one of the elite four, one of the big four at that spot. Whoever falls to you, you're going to be happy. You'll take Kamara or Zeke or whoever it is yeah. that's sitting there. Fine. I get that. But it's a little too risky for me because if I had the four slot, I would do that. And then I'd be sitting there with my fingers crossed going, please take Mahomes. Please take Lamar. Please take Kittle. Please take Devontae Adams. <laughs> right. you, you know what I mean? So one of those 14 would fall to me. So what would that be? I mean, that would be like the 18th slot. No, it would be the 20th slot, right? Uh, my math is also uh, in a 12 teamer. Yeah, 21st. It'd be the 21st 20, because 21. you count back 24. Yeah. So I need seven guys to go that I don't want to get one of my 14 running backs. And I just don't trust that to happen. And I'm sure you're sitting there going, well, then I'll take Kittle or I'll take Kelsey and or I'll take Lamar. And, and that's fine. I'm cool with it. But here's my logic of needing those two of my 14 because I love, love, love the third, fourth, even the fifth, but especially the third and fourth round wide receivers. I mean, that's A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Calvin Ridley. Like 
all these young studs that have come into the league at that position the last couple of years, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. So if I have my two backs, I've put a lot of bricks to build this house that are strong. I'm starting those two every week. Maybe I don't have a star, but then I'm going wide receiver, wide receiver, because I love that area of the draft. And I don't want to be, boy, I better reach for Mark Ingram here because I don't have a back, you know? So I'm, I'm setting myself up for the next step of the plan. I'm going to actually use one of my drafts. It's a, it's a keeper league where you get to keep one player, and I've been keeping Alvin Kamara every year, and every year they you have to take him three years or three rounds earlier than the round before. So I drafted him you know, pretty okay. late in his rookie season. I've had him all this time. This year I got him for a second rounder. Next year I won't be able to keep him anymore. So my second gotcha. rounder was taken up by Alvin Kamara. But to your point, I was drafting late at the end of round one, and in round one I was able to draft Nick Chubb. So... I went running back, running back to start my draft. My first two picks were Chubb and Alvin Kamara. I'm feeling pretty good. And yeah. we start three wide receivers in this draft. And I was able to get A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson. So you're not hurting for Those wide receivers. Those are all the names there, I want. There yeah. are so many good wide receivers. So I have to imagine that you would give this team a pretty pretty high grade for the way I pulled that off. And, and that goes to your point of running back, running back early because there's so many good wide receivers to get later. Right. And that's exactly it is. I, I'm just going to – maybe I didn't get the best value taking Aaron Jones at the fourth pick in the second round, but I got my a really, really good RB2. I mean, those two just let me breathe easy. I'm not passing on guys I want because there's a third phase of, the, of, of my plan here this year. Is If I'm picking 9 or 10, I'm going running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, and they're going to be the exact kind of names you just mentioned there, A.J. Brown, McLaurin, those type of dudes. And then after I have those four as my true foundation of this luxury home, every pick I take from that point on, all I care about is upside. Oh, he's kind of injury prone. I don't care. I'm just swinging for the fences. I'm swinging for the fences over and over and over. And if I hit on 25, 40% of those swings from that point on, I'm going to be really hard to beat. It makes a lot of sense. You're talking sense here, Matt. And I've never been, I've never been, I've never been (laughs) adamant. um, And I've gone zero running backs in drafts and it's been a disaster. And then it's been awesome because then you hit on a couple of guys like I did when I drafted um, both Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara as rookies. I mean, you know, and I went and I won the league that year. So you can go big, but you can be a disaster. And one of the things I don't like about running, running, running back, running back early and getting someone like Aaron Jones, even though he's really good, I'm, I'm like, man, I, I want to gamble on a league winner more so than tying myself to a good, but maybe not somebody who's just going to blow up running back. You know, I would rather be, I'd rather finish 12th than fourth in the league. You know what I mean? So right. I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get the best, most awesome dominating team I can. And in a lot of cases, running back, running back isn't the best way to do that. You guarantee yourself being pretty good in most cases, unless you fall apart injury wise with those two running backs early. But I can get some really good value late sometimes with running backs if I can get somebody in a PPR league who's going to get 130 catches, you know. I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree. I always have more running backs on my roster than anyone in my league. And even though I went running back, running back, I probably still will have a running back or two more than my other 11 league mates. But now that I have those two birds in the hand, I'm taking J.K. Dobbins around earlier than I should. Because I can just sit and wait. I mean, if he becomes a starter at Halloween, 
I win the league. You know what I mean? Like I'm all I care about is high upside running backs in every position at that point. After I built my foundation of the house and to me picking nine or 10 allows me to best do that, then I am going to be hyper aggressive with the style of players I get. Will Fuller. Okay. You get hurt. I don't care. I'm not going to start you that week. I'm not going to take a, a zero. You don't, contrary to popular belief, when you lose somebody to injury, you don't take a zero that week. I'm going to start him, and <laughs> if he get if I get six games out of him, great. You would really love this team because J.K. Dobbins was another player I ended up with on that same roster we talked about earlier. So, um, yeah, this was definitely a Matt Williamson special draft for me. Yep, and Swing I love the fences, and I love the way it turned out. So I'm into it. Let's talk keeper because that's another aspect of leagues, and more and more teams are putting you know one or two keepers or going full dynasty. So I want to get your thoughts on some of the rookies and how would you rank those in rookie keeper and dynasty drafts in 2020 that's coming up on peacock and williamson so matt two more articles your latest actually at the pro football network is where to draft cd lamb and you're working on one that should be up soon about clyde edwards hilaire and those two players both fascinate me and i have a feeling that in 99 percent of rookie drafts out there clyde edwards hilaire is going to be the number one player off the board i have a dynasty league where i'm picking second and fifth so my question to you, Matt, is how do you rank the next four players after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? If Edwards-Hilaire is definitely your number one rookie player this year, how would you rank those? And if you were drafting second and fifth in a rookie draft, how would who would you hope fell to those two picks? And you're talking strictly dynasty, right? Where we keep yep. these guys forever and ever. Yes. Yes. And you're right. Edwards-Hilaire, not only is he clearly the first redraft back off the board, and that's what this article's about. And I, I, I probably won't end up with him at his current cost. And that's probably true for CD Lamb as well. Um, I haven't done a, a dynasty rookie draft in a while. Usually they happen like right after the NFL draft. But I still think it pretty much holds true that the top five, and again, running backs are scarce, are, are all going to be basically running backs. And in my opinion, that would go Edwards, Hilaire, Taylor, Dobbins, Swift, and Akers are really close to me. I'm a big Akers fan, and I'm getting him as any, anywhere I can. And then it's basically Judy and Lamb. You know that that those are the next two okay. off the board. And then it's a variety. There's a lot of these wide receivers this year: Rager, Pittman, Ayuk. You know those are next. Jefferson. They're they're like the next tier. But I'm really high on Dobbins. Like I. I try to think of it this way, like one year from now, when you and I are talking on Peacock and Williamson, are we going to be saying, boy, J.K. Dobbins is definitely a first round pick this year in redraft, like, like Miles Sanders, you know, like, yep. I, I feel like we should have seen Miles Sanders coming that you use a second round pick. It's a smart organization. Jordan Howard and Mark Ingram aren't that dissimilar that they're going to be these huge roadblocks to these guys career. Like one year from now, is it going to be Dobbins and Lamar in a great backfield together and he's going to be like a top five fantasy pick? I think it's possible. Right. So if you're doing a keeper league or a dynasty draft still and the rookies are still out there, I look at someone and this happened to me with Odell Beckham. I He was hurt in training camp and Sammy Watkins goes super high uh, right. in this draft and Odell Beckham just falls all the way out of the first round. And I got a super steal in drafting Odell Beckham because he was hurt. And I see the same thing happening with Jalen Rager, who's a player that you can probably steal now in a draft that's involving rookies that you can keep for a while. Yeah, that's a good point because I mentioned that the top seven were five backs and then Lamb and Judy, however you like them. 
And Ruggs wasn't usually in that conversation because I don't know that he'll be a high-volume guy. But everywhere where I picked eight in my rookie drafts, and again, this was like May, I always took Rager. And I bet now maybe you could get him at 13 or so. And I would do cartwheels for that. Do you feel strongly about not drafting a wide receiver or a quarterback early in dynasty leagues, even though the longevity for those players is so much bigger than for a running back? Um, no, I have a ton of these young receivers. You know, I, I think it's very comforting to have, oh man. I mean, all these guys that I was targeting in redraft in the third and fourth round. I mean, if you got DK Metcalf and Debo and Deontay Johnson, like they didn't cost you a ton when they came out as rookies and I'm going to start them every week for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, so I have right. a lot of capital involved in young receivers and they do last, which is great quarterbacks. Unless it's super flex, you can always find David Carr or, you know, Derek Carr or Phillip rivers. I mean, like really boring old guys, you could trade a future third round pick and get one of them all the time. Right. So, you don't want to be tied up in that because it's a good question because right when I started playing dynasty, it was right. Like when Andrew luck was, you know, and it's like his second year and he was the top fantasy quarterback for dynasty as Mahomes and Lamar are now. And the logic was, I used to read articles. You should take this guy first overall, start him for 15 years, never have to worry about the quarterback again. And obviously it didn't work out for luck and it might for Mahomes, but it's not hard to, I don't mind worrying about my quarterback. I, you can pick up big Ben for nothing in dynasty. You know, people say, Oh, he's old. You might get him for three more years and start him 10 weeks a year, you know, and have nothing invested in it while you're loaded at running back and receiver. So when you're drafting rookie dynasty players, you're not doing it all that different from how you're doing redraft leagues, right? You want to go running back, running back, and then use the the numbers at wide receiver to get a whole bunch of good young wide receivers that can last you a while. But you're still, it's those running backs that you're going for early. Yeah, I mean, there's still a shortage. I mean, like the, we did to start the show, there's 14 running backs right now in the NFL that I feel comfortable starting no matter what. And if there's 12-team dynasty league, you might have three or four of them. You know, that's what's awesome about Dynasty. You might have Elliot Jones and Josh Jacobs. It's like, what an advantage that is. I mean, th those are the teams that win Dynasty. Not, boy, I, I got lucky with McCaffrey for a year. You know, like, you built a Dynasty. You have three of those 14 or sometimes four of those 14. And the rest of the league is just scrambling like crazy, hoping that they can dig some up. And as you might have guessed... I love the hot young tight end too. I always have like <laughs> six <laughs> Mike Gesecki. I was waiting for you to bring Herb that up. Smith. Yeah. I yep. can't believe it took you this long to start talking about tight ends. And so how early are you taking one of these rookie tight ends in a dynasty draft? Well, actually this is a bad year to take tight ends. So I'm guessing it's a numbers it's game. Take a couple of them late. It's always a bad year to take tight ends high. I mean, I remember the year Najoku and Howard and um, Ingram all came out. They right. went pretty high in rookie drafts. And in reality, it just takes tight ends a while. Um, Hawkinson and Fant were both pretty early picks because they're both first-round tight ends. Um, I'm not in that market because rookie tight ends are pretty close to unstartable. I'm in the third, fourth round. Like, I've been grabbing Aussie Aussie. I've been grabbing uh, – what's-his-face? Um, the Dayton kid that the Saints draft. Uh, Troutman, you yeah. know. 
Yeah. I mean, guys like that from this rookie class really late. And I always have three more of them on my dynasty roster than everybody else. You know, like I had Sternberger last year and I, they just sit on the bottom of my roster, John U. Smith. And one of them will be good. But in the meantime, I've got six guys I can't check the box on on Sunday morning to start. So it's a bit That's of right. a weakness. It's a bit of a fetish for me. <laughs> one side in, actually, that 2017 draft is a perfect example. O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, and then George Kittle ends up being the best one. He's a fifth-round pick. Right. And, like, I would have been on the Kittle market in the third or fourth round where people were taking those other guys eighth overall in that rookie draft or whatever. How do you feel about Rob Gronkowski's comeback season? Where would you draft him in fantasy leagues right now? Because if he's anywhere near the guy he was, uh, he's going in round like 13, 14 right now in drafts. He's a massive steal for people out there. Yeah. The, the tight end situation, you're talking about redraft, right? I'm just talking redraft, yeah, with Gronk. Yeah. The tight end situation for redraft as a whole to me is go big or go home. Like if you're going to grab Kelsey... Kittle, slightly below those guys, let's say Ertz and Andrews. I think that's very safe. You're going to be very happy. You're going to have an advantage week to week over whoever you're playing at the tight end position. But then there's that tier of Henry, Higby, Gronk, Jared Jared Cook, um, a lot of those types that I'm just kind of not in on. You know, that I think they're too safe. I don't I think their upside isn't enough for me. That if I'm not gonna go big, then I'm getting the hot young tight end. I'm getting Hawkinson, I'm getting Herndon, I'm getting Irv Smith, and I'm taking two of them and hope I hit, but buying them very cheap. As for Gronk, it's funny because I don't know why I think this, but I think OJ Howard's going to break out this year. And I've been, he's teased me forever, <laughs> but he's like the most talented tight end in the league. Yeah. I think learning from Gronk, learning from Brady in a contract year, I think Howard could really be a breakout and get really rich this offseason. That's a total hunch. But as for Gronk, I can't see him playing a ton of snaps, but he has a calling card like few others. He may catch 14 touchdowns. And you, uh, you know, know I mean? you know Tom Brady's going to be looking for him when he yeah. needs to. And so that's what really sticks out to me. And that's why I can't go, get on board with O.J. Howard anymore. And I'm with you. I was, I mean, O.J. Howard's been on so many of my fantasy teams. He's done nothing for me. And now Gronk is in town. I'm just, uh, I'm off. I'm off the O.J. Howard bandwagon. And now he's probably going to be that post-hype sleeper and go big on me now that I'm off. So maybe I'm the jinx there. But I just can't do it anymore with O.J. Howard. I'll take Gronk. Um, I just like the familiarity. Uh, the red zone presence, Tom Brady's quarterback. I just think he's going to get looked at as often as possible. And maybe he won't be in there as often on first downs, but I'm not too worried about that because OJ Howard can block pretty well too. On third downs, I bet Gronk's going to be in there and getting a lot of passes. And they get near the goal line and there goes OJ yes. Howard trotting the sidelines. Yep. And here comes Gronk, touchdown, Gronk spike. You know, <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not drafting OJ Howard in redraft, but like he's a perfect example of, I'm going to make a trade in Dynasty. Hey, throw in O.J. Howard. You know, you've been sitting on him for a year. Yeah. You hate him. Give him to me. Oh, people we'll, can't we'll wait to get rid of him in Dynasty by now, I'm sure. Right. Everybody hates him that owns him, you know. So, yeah. But I do think Gronk has a chance to catch double-digit touchdowns this year. All right. We'll talk more fantasy football, getting you all ready for your Labor Day drafts. And we'll continue talking about waiver wire pickups throughout the season here on Peacock and Williamson, both keeper and Dynasty players and we'll be back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson, the NFL show.